What to do, everybody? This is Uncle Sunday uh, with my very special guest, Kelly, today. Uh, Kelly is a successful author, as, <laughs> as you uh, <laughs> you'd appreciate. And yeah, she's just going to have a chat with us about what it takes to be writing in this day and age. Um, yeah, pleasure to have you, Kelly. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so, um, so what made you decide you wanted to be a self-publishing author? Well, I... Um had been writing just on my own for about a year beforehand mm. uh really hated my job so <laughs> yeah i get that i oh. wanted to yeah i wanted to find a way to do something that i actually enjoy and get paid for it yeah that's the dream pretty much absolutely <laughs> yeah so um obviously that must have been quite a difficult decision um a lot of people are facing those decisions at the moment where it's like do i want to pursue what i enjoy or do i want to eight this week you know right and i had originally so i started writing uh to publish in december 2015 and i was writing shorts mm. um and a lot of people find some success doing that it sort of teaches you how to self-publish mm. so my schedule for getting out of the corporate world was i was going to quit in november which is still a month away yeah but my job sort of made the decision for me Sure, they fired yeah, yeah. me in March, like at the end of March. So, so you're like, that fuck, was, I've got to go and <laughs> right, kick like, this into gear. Yeah. That was uh, a good motivator to start writing longer things, which tend to be more, uh, more profitable right now. You know, yeah. the market could always shift. Mm. So um, you tell people the kind of stuff you write about? Because I think it's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I started writing uh, a gay erotica. And that sold pretty well, but not well enough to sustain me. Okay. So I made a shift to gay romance, which is just full length, you know, exactly the type of romance novels you have grown up with, you know, mm. the sort of tropey, uh, very like sweet stories, yeah. but you know, with two dudes instead of a man and a woman. Yeah. Um, Would you say like the, um, with romance and stuff, the stories are pretty much all the same, but it's more the, the narrative and the setting that changes each novel type i think so i mean i think it depends on what author you're looking at um i try to get away from that and mm. i get a lot of good feedback that uh the different sort of things i take on make it a little bit more interesting than than maybe the average which is not to diss other romance writers at all <laughs> um the, yeah. the tropes are tropes for a reason they're there because they work so yeah. yeah they're very successful i mean romance novels are as old as writing, some would say. So, you know, stuff's going to be rewritten. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So how hard was it for you to structure your own work schedule in comparison to a normal job? Um, I was always sort of terrible at structuring my work schedule for <laughs> normal jobs. Yeah. Um, I tend to really be deadline driven. So unless there's a deadline looming, I was sort of doing anything but work. Um, but I think with this with working for myself it's actually something i enjoy yeah so waking up and doing it was a lot easier to do it without a big deadline looming yeah plus i make my own deadlines so i really can't rely on that anymore because there's nobody who's gonna freak out and yell at me if i don't <laughs> make a deadline so except yourself yeah i guess so so um how do you deal with 
like the pressures and stuff of coming up with new ideas. Obviously, the huge word is writer's block that a lot of people struggle with. Uh, do you have any issues with that? I think that, you know, and I hear this from a lot of other people that write, it's not so much um, trying to find new ideas. It's trying to find the time to write all of the ideas that you come up with. Mm. But for me, a lot of the time I've had an idea, thought, hey, this is really marketable. I'm going to move forward with this. I sort of get into the writing and it's just not interesting. It's not striking me. I'm not excited to work on it. Mm. And I think in a corporate job, you just sort of have to trudge through that and you have to get it done anyway. Yeah. But yeah. luckily, when you work for yourself, if something's not compelling for you, you can say, OK, I'm going to put this on the shelf for a while. What actually do I feel like writing? Have you so done that's, that in the past then? Sorry, have you, have you like yeah. left projects and gone, OK, I'll come back to that? when I'm more Absolutely. In, in the mindset type of thing. Yeah, I just did that with a project that, you know, I got in, I did all of the outlining. I worked probably about a month on not writing it, but putting things together for it, getting a title, getting a cover. And when I actually got into writing it, it was just like, this is not moving me. I can't, I can't push this one right now. So it sucks to have to put that work in and then table it for a while. But yeah. Yeah. it's... I don't know. I don't think you should, if you can, if you have the luxury of working on something else, I think it's good to just move to, okay, well then what is actually calling me right now? Mm. I think personally, mine would be like financial based as well. So I'd be like, okay, if this doesn't come out, I'm not going to get X amount of money this month, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And that, I mean, that's another thing. Like if it's, if it's not coming easily, I already know because I've been doing it for a few months, I already know it's going to take me forever. Mm. Like if it takes me, um, a whole day to sort of get a chapter out. That's, that's a bad sign. It means I'm really not into what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So it is a financial consideration at that point too. You know, I don't want to just put together a bunch of crap just to get it out. It's going to be faster probably for me to work on what I like working on. Yeah. So have you had any backlash through making romance slash gay novels? Cause I mean, there's obviously, there's a lot of vocal people out there and, um, you're in a field where people love to give their opinion. So have you had any, uh, had any backlash? I mean, there's always, you know, mean, hateful reviews, but I learned really early on that I needed to just not read those. Oh, gotcha. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a difference between, you know, somebody having feedback or somebody really having a problem with the story yeah. and people who just want to hate on stuff. And I mean, that's with, that's in any field. There are always just people who want to hate on everything. Yeah, um, sometimes you have people that just hate you. <laughs> it doesn't matter, like, the, the thing that you come out with. It could be the best thing in the world, but because you've made it, they won't enjoy it type of thing. Just one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the nice thing about um, pen names is that you you don't necessarily have to be super associated with what you're writing. You don't have to be out with who you are. So Yeah, and I'll be, um, I'll be linking your Facebook uh pen name and stuff like that which we'll, we can talk about now if you want it's k simone is that correct yeah i write uh, for long format romance it's under k simone and my erotica that still exists it's still up there is under k decker and they can find all your stuff on amazon is that correct yeah it's uh just on amazon but it's on all the regional sites so it's on you know amazon uk and amazon yeah. australia yeah awesome that's awesome um so as a native floridian there's some florida questions i have to ask because <laughs> uh because i'm from the uk nothing exciting ever happens so is it true about the amount of alligators in florida 
Yeah, I, I probably can't speak for all of Florida, but pretty <laughs> much if you're looking at a fresh body of water, yeah. there are going to be alligators in it. And that includes like rivers. Uh, it includes retention ponds. So yeah. like just little tiny ponds on the sides of buildings. Mm. Um, and I've spoken to a lot of Floridians. It's really weird in my area who ha- haven't seen an alligator. Like I live in Northeast really? Florida. Wow you have to look for them like you have to stop and look for them they're pretty well camouflaged but well yeah i guess so yeah so i've seen like obviously a lot of people in florida have pools and stuff and they have like those cages built around them for that for that reason sometimes isn't it it's like not have shit be in your pool (laughs) (laughs) right i think it's to protect against you know leaves and junk too and just like a bunch of stuff getting in your pool but alligators are another i think alligators are at the top of stuff that I don't want in my pool, so you know, it's just one of those. Okay, anything else Floridian? I mean, like, there are so many weird stories that I mean, I'm I'm a lover of like spooky, strange stuff. And, <laughs> like, there's something wrong in Florida because there is so much weird stuff that comes out of Florida. It's no, uh, it's true. Yeah, it's just really bizarre the amount of like Florida man mutilates self <laughs> and then goes to Denny's. It's like what? <laughs> How are those two combined? It's like. Or like the bath salt zombies. That's oh, a big God. thing here. That was so huge, that story. And there was another recent one. I don't know if you followed this at all. A, a kid. I mean, he went to Florida State University, which is a huge university here. Right. Yeah. Um, he was home. Gosh, it was in August. And he had an altercation with his parents at a restaurant. He was really mad. And he walked home. Um, he killed two of his neighbors and was eating them. Fuck and God. like... I haven't followed up on this. I mean, it was definitely a true story. I mean, you can go uh, find it. It was in yeah, South Florida. South Florida. But uh, I can't remember. They haven't figured out, or when I was following this story in August, they hadn't figured out what drugs he was on, but he was clearly on some drugs. Definitely on drugs. Okay. So it wasn't just like, this dude was a secret cannibal. Like, he'd taken no. <laughs> left the restaurant. He was- he was like a frat boy. I mean, he was a, a like a, a quote unquote good kid. So it was really bizarre. I've just realized I know who you're talking about because he has a YouTube channel. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's into like his fitness and stuff. And then it's yes. like, oh, that dude ate someone. I've just remembered. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. 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 That was it. That's Florida <laughs> in a nutshell. And Disney, you know, all the Disney stuff. Disney adds sort of a surreal layer to everything. Yeah, like it's like that whole state isn't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So there's something that me and you have in common, Kelly. We're both ridiculously huge rooster teeth. This is true. Yeah. So have you ever wanted to go to one of those Let's Play Live events? I don't know. I like like the magic of not being close to them ever. (laughs) Well, they say don't meet your idols, don't they? They say it's just ruin it. Yeah. Mm. Although Let's Play Live does look really fun. Maybe it wouldn't be close up enough to to ruin the illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would you ever go to one? I, I would if they did like a UK one, I think. Mm-hmm. It'd be a bit of a trek for me to go to anything in the US. But um yeah, I, I mean it's a really weird thing to describe to people. Like if you're a Rooster Teeth fan, you just get it. But if you're right. a, Yeah, if you if you're another if you like you like blogs and stuff, it's just not the same. And yeah. there are so many different avenues for Rooster Teeth. Like um, Screw Attack have just finished and they're doing Game Attack now, mm-hmm. which is awesome because I really like those guys in Screw Attack. 
Um, Funhouse, again, is, is just another completely different avenue. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to give somebody a place to start because you're there are so many places to start consuming their content. Yeah, like it's, yeah. And you never know what's going to resonate with somebody. Like I have a friend who's a huge gamer and I said, hey, you're going to really like this YouTube channel. But what he ended up watching was uh, the happy hour videos. Like he loves really? the happy hour okay. videos, yeah, that's really, which is like yeah, the, yeah. the non-gamer content. <laughs> yeah, it's just them just doing weird shit. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've recently like binged watched all of cow chop because i never really knew much about the creatures and stuff mm-hmm. and uh the, the cow chop stuff is just so funny i've been behind like i haven't really gotten oriented with uh cow chop or with kind of funny or with screw attack i've watched yeah. their like crossover stuff with achievement hunter and with uh fun house and they're, they're really funny i mean yeah, eventually oh i'm gonna get into yeah. it I've, well i'd advise for you to watch for your first cow chop video the 55 gallons of lube <laughs> they get a fucking kids pool and fill it with 55 gallons of, of lube and just play around in it that's the fucking video that it's, sounds like rt oh, life like classic stuff yeah it's so funny so funny and uh apparently it cost him like 1500 dollars. oh god yeah. jesus it's <laughs> a lot to spend on lube. Yeah. high production value yeah so um i mean i definitely love to go to one like um i don't know like a rooster teeth convention or something it's definitely mm-hmm. a trip. I want to go to Austin because it seems like a cool town. Yeah. I, I mean, I really want to go to one uh, to meet all the friends I've made through that community. Mm. I mean, it's it's bizarre the people you'll meet and, like, connect with. Well, that's the thing. Like, there is a real community to that that whole thing, isn't there? It's really strange. Like, if you see people with, like, a Funhouse t-shirt or something, you, you sort of know that person's sense of humor straight away. Right. Yeah, I suppose it's like... Um, you know, back in the day with like band t-shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you a, know that you'll yeah. have something in common with them immediately. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it is. It's a really cool environment, and I, it's just constantly entertained. That's what I like about it. It's never never seems forced. It's just these guys enjoy making videos and making each other laugh, which I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. I think when they when they start forcing it, they either edit it out or what they leave in. You can like they will comment on the fact that they're forcing it like yeah, yeah. they'll make a comment about how how hard it is or how miserable they are or something like that funhouse do so, that a lot <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely who i was thinking of. <laughs> yeah yeah because like they they're they're aware that they have an awesome job but even even they think sometimes it's a bit right yeah yeah i'm sure it's like i mean i've thought about that a lot how difficult it must be to make that content every day even if you're sick or pissed off or whatever yeah you have to be on camera you have to be you know kind of funny you know it's it's yeah yeah. it's difficult yeah um okay so um would you have any advice for anyone who's just getting into writing and um wants to go out on their own type of thing you mean in terms of uh publishing or just writing in general um i think publishing because you know, if if they go if they want to be a writer, they're just gonna to have to fucking write, aren't they? At the end of the day, <laughs> just gotta write and write a lot. But uh, yeah, self publishing and stuff. Well, I think that um, the best thing you can do is just get started. Not you don't need to take six months to research. You don't need to take a year to sort of get all of your ducks in a row. Mm. It's one of those things where you don't know how much you don't know until you get started. Yeah. Um. So I spent like two months trying to get ready to, to publish my first short. And until I actually got into the back end of Amazon and was formatting things, I 
had a lot of questions that I didn't realize were even going to come up. Mm. So it really pays to just go ahead and start doing stuff. Yeah. If you need to do a pen name that is going to just sort of be a burner, you're never going to write under that name again, do that. Um, yeah, just so you can go ahead advice, and make yeah. all your mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So did you have any issues with like doing the artwork for books and stuff? Cause I know that you can sort of buy like stock stuff. Mm -hmm. I, when, when I was doing shorts, I had a friend uh, who is a graphic designer full time and I enlisted her to help and she does really amazing work. Um, it was too amazing for the genre that I was writing in. Like okay. there was no need to have a perfect, like beautifully photoshopped cover for gay erotica. Like it, you just need to look at what's in your genre right. and so design. Like people are looking at the cover and like, where's all the fucking basically? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where's the, the bare chests and like weirdness. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it, it'll depend genre by genre. Um, for me, I do all my cover design work now just by myself, but I have a, a long, you know, not formally trained, but I've been doing Photoshop type stuff for a long time. Yeah. Most people who get into it will start by, uh, doing, using pro a free program called GIMP, but I think it makes sense to go ahead and invest in Photoshop, learn Absolutely. how to do Photoshop. Yeah. Um, when you make the crossover to, to full length books, you could look at paying you know, a hundred to 200 bucks per cover when, when you're really putting money in to try to get the books, make the money out that you want. Mm. So if you start working in Photoshop, start teaching yourself, that really pays off once you're writing longer stuff. So, I mean, the whole, the old adage is don't judge a book by its cover, but do you think that there's a lot of formula that goes into what your book looks like catching people's Absolutely. eye and stuff? Yeah. The people who, who've been in the industry for a long time will tell you that the, the book doesn't matter. The cover, the title, and the blurb are the most important things. Mm. Um, so you could have the best book and nobody will pick it up if the cover doesn't look like what people expect out of your books. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with that right now. I have a book that is it's not sort of a traditional romance, and mm. it feels really weird to put like, shirtless dude number one and shirtless dude number two on the cover because it just doesn't fit yeah. really what the book is going to be but i'm gonna do yeah. it i mean i i need the book to sell i need people to take a chance on that book so yeah. you sort of have to get over any sort of like artistic pretension and just say like yeah the this is the formula that works for this this genre so i'm gonna buy into it i'm gonna move forward with it i think that's right it's like basically it's the ticket you just want them to buy the book and then you can you're good then you don't you, you don't have to worry too much about what the cover looks like as long as it gets people reading what you want them to read that's true i never have to look at that cover again if i don't want to like, so. i don't remember any of the fucking covers i've read once i've read the book i re remember the book you know that's a good point i think the only books that have covers that like really i remember vividly are like animorphs books and that's because they have the like, so iconic covers but oh animorphs you just brought back some memories um <laughs> I just, I don't know why, but the Brett Easton Ellis American Psycho cover, it's just always mm -hmm. etched in my mind for some reason. Well, the other thing with, with big uh, mass paperbacks like that is my association with the American Psycho cover might be different from yours. I might have had a totally different cover. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly because we have European publishers as well. That's really bizarre. 
I can't even remember what the cover looked like or the one that I have. The it's one I have, here it's um, it's like um, abstract art, but it's like it's his face, but it's all red, mm. and it's all like brushstrokey and stuff. And I just remember it very vividly. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I'm a huge Lord of the Ring fans as well, so it's great to see the old-fashioned seventies artwork and stuff. Sure. Yeah. I love to see original covers of things. That's always interesting to see how it's sort of aged. Mm, I love like first editions. I bought an ex-girlfriend of mine, um, uh, Wuthering Heights, like a first edition. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty expensive. And, uh, <laughs> it was quite small as well. Cause, huh. Yeah, because like, books have just seemed to have gotten bigger as time goes on. And these, these old books are very, very small. Yeah, it was interesting. That is interesting. We're going to go into another segment now that isn't really a segment. This is my second ever podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the second segment is if there's anything that you want to ask me. Because, I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a layered myth. I love to talk and stuff. And it's great to have you on. Haven't had you on before. Hopefully, yeah. one time. So if there's anything that you would like to ask me or my debacle that is Uncle Sunday, I'm, I'm all ears. Um, how's your music making going? Well, I had an EP out. Um, I think it was about a month ago. I released it on SoundCloud and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be putting it on Bandcamp just for free, just for anyone that wants it. Cool. Yeah, so the pseudonym that I'm going under at the moment is White Whale, spelt completely different. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that ad representation. Though. No, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's like dark electronic stuff, obviously. Okay. Yeah, because I've, I've pretty much done every type of music genre, and they've all been varying degrees of failure so, <laughs> so this one uh this one is pretty much the same how long does it take you to put together a track like from conception to polished version uploading it online i think it's very similar to the way you do a book basically if you're in the moment it can you can do it in a day you're like if mm-hmm. you're if you're literally you're focusing except for nothing but that it can go super super quick but i've had songs that i'm still not happy with that have been like months old Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's again, it's a varying, varying levels of it. I think. This this whole EP has took me about six months to do. I'd say. Okay. Yeah, and that's to do with like sampling YouTube stuff and like finding the right compositions and things like that, and changing songs like completely, which I've done mm-hmm. a few times. Plus, I, I get into like I don't know about you, but I get into like fads of music which mm-hmm. influence my music a lot. Like, I don't know if that happens with you in literature. Like, you start reading new stuff and you start incorporating it into your stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, whatever you're consuming sort of can influence what you're doing. And I had a, a bit of a vaporwave episode. So, <laughs> so all my shit was <laughs> I was starting, there for that. Yeah, yeah, so all my shit was starting to go vaporwave. And then I was like, okay, this has been sort of done to death. Let's just make stuff that you enjoy now. And I'm really, like, proud of my EP because, you know, it took a lot of time. And, all the songs are originals. Yeah, I appreciate it. Would you ever want to do something for like a label or a studio or do you enjoy the whole like self-presentation aspect? I've done music for so long now that I consider it just an old friend, like an old hobby rather than a money making. And I think if I wanted to do it like professionally, I think it would have to, I'd have to change the way that I do it because my music isn't like hugely popular, but I love it, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, it's more of an outlet type of thing rather than um, a money-making thing. I mean, if people loved it as well, that would be awesome. But, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I think that's <laughs> when you know that you enjoy something, when you can make it. And then 
for sure yeah for sure what's the next like milestone for you in terms of producing something what are you what's your next big project you're working on well obviously this podcast is pretty fun i've just enjoyed talking to people and you know it's kind of aspects and their outlook on life and stuff um mm -hmm. obviously it's a it's a slow medium and i'm getting better at it it's more it's difficult <laughs> to uh to sort of be on all the time but i'm yeah i'm getting used to it um hopefully i'll get more guests and we'll see uh see how that goes what was the last music that you heard that made you really excited um father john misty hmm, I was, yeah okay. i was like wow no, like music still exists it's not just <laughs> it's not just pop music anymore it's still there it's just underground again and I, mm -hmm. I dig that i like finding a new new like song some songwriter or new band or new artist and going wow i'm actually i'm digging this is there anything that you've listened to recently that has restored your faith in music um there's a band called everything everything and they had not released an album for a little while mm. and they had like one full length one ep um and i sort of thought they were gone like it, it that happens a lot you'll have a band that does one album that's really great yeah. and then they're just sort of over mm -hmm. so i realized they had made another full length album in 2015 that had completely flown under the radar for me mm. So the I sort of entered it really cautiously thinking, you know, they may be doing something different. Yeah. But it's a great uh a great album. The name escapes me right now. Do you do, but, do you uh, do that thing where like your favorite band will release something and you won't listen to it for a while because you're scared they won't yeah. live up to your expectations and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I like it when they'll release um a couple of tracks early so you can sort of get a feel for it yes. and I'm way more likely to listen to a couple tracks than a whole new album because that I was exactly like that. I'm like, oh, I don't want to hate this band. I love this band. Don't don't do this. <laughs> well, the way we consume music has changed as far as I'm concerned because there is no such thing as an album anymore because all tracks are singular. Mm -hmm. So like on Spotify and you know what's the American one? Pandora. Spotify. We do, we do Spotify too. Oh, okay. I never got into Pandora. <laughs> yeah, we can't have Pandora in Europe. Um, yeah, so every track is singular and every one is based on its own merit. Like whereas if you listen to Dark Side of the Moon, that's a fucking it's a story. You have to start at the beginning <laughs> and it goes right through. And I think it's it's definitely changed how music's made now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there's a, a a clipping album uh that just came out a lot of people have recommended to me. And it is, it's like a story. It's, it's all themed. Um, and clipping is a rap artist. Okay. Uh, I have not been able to get into this album, even though I know it's phenomenal. Like I really like the track method that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I'll sort of latch on to a few tracks. And so that's sort of what takes me through an album. Like, Oh, I, I know I like this one. I know I like that one. So I sort of listen to the songs in between, but needing to listen to the whole album start to finish has made it harder for me to get into that it used to be for me as well like it would it would be daunting because i remember when i got given a uh, melancholy and the infinite sadness by smashing pumpkins which is probably one of my top favorite albums but mm -hmm. i was so scared to listen to the second disc because of how good <laughs> the first one was right and i just listened to the first disc for years and i, I didn't listen to like 1970 great songs like that that were on the second disc it's, it's really bizarre <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it's sort of the same way 
I like I won't finish trilogies. I don't I don't want to know what happens in the last book because I I've enjoyed the first two. It's like let let that just live on. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, I say another band that have really impressed me lately is Tame Impala because they're doing mm-hmm. stuff at the moment that's just like it's phenomenal. It's just so well produced and it's just good pop music as far as I'm concerned. Do they have new stuff coming out? I haven't heard anything after Elephant. Just haven't been paying attention. I've just been listening to the the Haim remix of Because I'm Mm -hmm. a Man. It's just so well done. I love Haim as well. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Because I like Tim and Paula. I just haven't really... I'm bad about keeping up. Unless an artist like the Aesop Rock album that came out this year. I was looking forward to that for a really long time. But almost anything else, like it comes out and I'm like, oh... That's new. Oh my god, I didn't know that was coming. So yeah, did you listen um, to the the new Frank Ocean? No, I've never. I haven't ever really been into Frank Ocean. Okay, okay. Um, obviously, if you if you are a fan, it, it I think it does itself justice. To be fair, I was never right like huge into Frank Ocean or Odd Future and stuff like that. So. I'm always open minded to whatever. So you're like me. You listen to literally anything. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, like I was just looking at my um, Spotify playlist and it's like Tears for Fears, Marillion, <laughs> Fever Ray, Wyclef Ray. <laughs> yeah, that's a good mix. <laughs> I think so. It's a pretty good jam. Okay, so uh, we're pretty much on the half an hour mark now, so we'll, we're going to wrap up. Kelly, it's been awesome having you on Uncle Sunday. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's been fun to catch up with you and chat a little bit. Yeah, we've been friends a long time hopefully another 10 years (laughs) yeah indeed cool uh thank you very much and i'll see you again all right i'll talk to you later